We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses, and you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk. But one thing's for sure. You were wrong when you said it was no big deal. Drive sober or get pulled over. This message brought to you by NHTSA. KJ Podcast, we are back. This is the NFL season. It is officially here. San Francisco 49ers reported to Santa Clara July 25th, Wednesday, Christmas in July. There will be football from here until January and maybe even mid to late January if you're a 49ers fan. Expectations are real for this football team. Welcome to the KJ Podcast if you are new I have never told you guys this before. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes. It's going to push me further up the deck, and it's actually kind of a big deal. So I'm going to remind you to do that at the beginning of every podcast. Hope the summer has treated you well. If you're hopping back in, there's a lot to discuss. We're going to get into Richard Sherman. Kyle Shanahan had a great quote about the expectations today, and I think it's good to call out the elephant in the room, and he's a coach who can do that through the media and just keep the positive momentum going. So we'll go there. Bunch of players on PUP, no one serious and an NFI injury to get into, and then just kind of teeing up what to expect the first couple days of training camp. I think today though is a Richard Sherman day. Of course, signed that notorious contract. Some people hated it. Some people loved it. Really bet on himself. And Richard Sherman gets a $2 million roster bonus Today, he passes his physical. He's not on the PUP list. 
physically unable to perform. He's on the field, and he's giving cocky interviews, and he talked to Kobe Bryant about his rehab. Eight months, that's how long it took Richard Sherman to recover from an Achilles tendon at 30 years old. He's been one of the most dominant cornerbacks we've seen in the last couple of decades. Can he reach that level? And we'll get into that. But I think first, this cocky energy that Richard Sherman has brought was tangible in the offseason, but we're about to see a heightened sense of awareness at practice. We went into this. We were the first pod to kind of talk about Richard Sherman and the Niners, how much sense it made. And this is reason A. Training camp is going to be a battle. The defense is going to win some days. The offense is going to win some days. And Richard Sherman is going to let you know who won. He's been there before. Everyone trusts what he's saying. He wants to be that guy to instruct and lead and help with technique. Kudos to John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. I always say kudos when they do something really good. They put his locker right next to Reuben Foster's. It's going to force them to become best buds. They're going to be checking in with each other all the time after meetings. This type of communication and the deal the 49ers got where they are just basically paying Richard Sherman incentives. He's got to be playing 90% of the snaps. Got to make the Pro Bowl. Be an all-pro guy to earn his full money. He's going to get about $6.5 million probably no matter what. But this is a hell of a deal. And I brought this up on Twitter. He believes in himself. He was ready for training camp. A lot of people thought, oh, there's no way this guy's going to even play in September when that deal first went down, when that injury happened November 9th with the Seahawks. He missed seven games last year. He's back. He passed that pop test. I think that's a big deal. He worked all during June instead of most guys going to foreign islands, taking out porn stars in L.A., whatever you want to do during the offseason is your thing. Richard Sherman was holding summits. He was getting corners together, working every day. He knew this $2 million was a big deal. He passed. I don't know if the 49ers threw him a bone, if it was close, but, I mean, he's going to be on the field day one training camp. The plan, Kyle Shanahan told reporters, is two days on, one day off for Richard Sherman. I like that. Remember, Chip Kelly mismanaged Kaepernick two seasons ago in training camp. Guy couldn't throw. He missed a bunch of time, and that was just a weird situation with injuries. I think this medical staff is handling things better, and you're, you're going to see some time off of Richard Sherman. But he, he's going to be on the field, and that heightened sense of awareness, and hooting and hollering, and more fans are going to be at training camp this year. It's going to be less quiet. I think there's a really good energy coming from 25 And other guys are just going to rally and start making plays. When one guy is making plays, other guys start making plays. They they have the confidence. I think you're going to start seeing that if you attend some practices in Santa Clara. We'll continue to trust the eyeballs on the scene there. Um, Yeah, today's a Richard Sherman day. He got $2 million today. He set up a such a cocky contract. He believes he's going to be one of the best corners in the league. If that does happen, if Richard Sherman is a top five corner and it's like 2013, 2014 Richard Sherman and he's that hungry and he really needed a change of scenery and he's the centerpiece, the pass rush will be good this year. One side of the field will be locked down. It's going to be hard to run against Ruben Foster. All of a sudden, this defense is clicking. If he's mediocre and above average a top you know 10 12 cornerback in the league 
then I, you're going to see some holes and some some patches. But if he does reach that elite level where he's getting these bonuses that he's structured himself, remember Richard Sherman negotiated his own deal here. If he's reaching that level, then this 49ers defense is going to become a dangerous unit more quickly than people expect. Training camp, 49ers, they're back in the building. Exciting time for reporters, for team employees. I just remember this is one of the bigger moments of the year. Every team literally thinks they have a chance to maybe become a wild card. I thought Kyle Shanahan had a brilliant quote. It was a long two-minute spiel. Basically saying, we've heard all the outside noise. Good morning football on NFL Network literally is making out with the 49ers, kissing their neck. They think this is the greatest team ever. Everyone watches that show in NFL buildings. It's a nice little tone setter. There's been not much negative coverage of what when you go 5-0 and in December and you torch Jacksonville the way you did. You just left everyone with a good feeling. Kyle has made it clear you don't carry over expectations into this season. If guys are feeling themselves a little bit too much, I think there's going to be more call-outs this year. I think this year will be a fun year and there'll be stories coming out and a lot of camaraderie, but I also think tensions get higher. And Matt Barrows wrote about it. It feels more like the Harbaugh era where tensions did get a little high. You kind of had to push that threshold and become closer together by calling people out. I think this actually becomes a pretty important training camp for the 49ers. Most years, most teams, it's like, let's not have an injury. Let's get through this cleanly. Because it's Jimmy Garoppolo's first year with the team, really installing the offense, getting the basics down, Richard Sherman's energy on defense, all the young pieces who are now getting comfortable here, Adrian Colbert, DeForest Buckner, Foster's second year, There's just a lot of second, third, fourth year pieces who are now comfortable in the NFL and gelling this all together. I think this practice time is actually very critical. Kyle Shanahan has been saying, we're going to work. These are going to be long, stressful, strenuous days, walkthroughs at night that no one really wants to do. But this is the work it requires. The 49ers basically are aware of the outside noise. They confront these issues head on. Unlike a bulky Chip Kelly other teams around the NFL where they just ignore real things that go on in the, in the with the football team, even just getting rid of Navarro Bowman as soon as he was, it was clear Navarro Bowman wasn't with the program and they got rid of him. They tackle issues head on as a head coach and GM. And this is just another example of a day one in training camp. It's just fodder, but Kyle's not going to ignore. He's not going to be, he's not going to be the guy that says, we don't read anything. You know, we're really focused on football. He's not going to give you a fake answer. He's literally saying, we are aware of the expectations. We're not carrying those over. This is a legitimately new year, new team. And we have to put in the work here, or this is not going to automatically be nine and seven. Kyle even said, if we lose the first couple of games this year, everyone's going to say we were feeling ourselves too hard. There is pressure on this football team to start reasonably well. If they start 0-3, 1-4, Jimmy G is going to get clowned on. Kyle is going to get clowned on a little bit. It's a week-to-week league. We've talked about that so much on this podcast. You can't set anything in stone, especially early in the season. But I give Kyle props for just calling a spade a spade. This is real. This is our strategy. We're literally we're compartmentalizing. That was last year. We're taking the good parts of it, but the expectations we understand. Uh, K 
KJ podcast. Nice little late July. It's cool in San Francisco. It's going to be hard for me to move away just because I don't like sweating. I don't like going to New York and DC and literally dripping my ass off. Have to wear a hat everywhere because it looks like I jumped in a pool. I forgot. I mean, you just don't sweat in San Francisco. That's such a valuable trait. I guess that's why I pay $99,000 in rent. KJ Podcast, venting a little bit. Love this journey, this area. I'm attached to this football team. It's going to be an exciting season. Jimmy Garoppolo also spoke to reporters today. He's been speaking quite a bit. A couple of excellent profile pieces in Bleacher Report and SI.com, Jenny Vrentes, June Lee. I thought it was a fascinating look into Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at his press conference today. It is mostly stale. With these writers, it seemed like he really opened up and they were able to craft more of a narrative. I want to say that I am sorry for blowing a quote out of proportion there. What was it, Monday? About Jimmy Garoppolo. I put, oh boy, kind of in front of it. Just as like, I didn't mean for that to hype it up. But it was a fascinating quote that Jimmy Garoppolo would have never told the reporters in a media setting that he got comfortable with a writer and was feeling himself and was cocky and confident. I have no problems with that. Um, I know there was some backlash that I was trying to do clickbait or whatever. I was saying, oh boy, because wow, I was shocked that he said that. I, I really was. I, I was not expecting that. couple shocking developments from Jimmy Garoppolo. Hey, I do hang out with porn stars. And yeah, I did think in my head as a competitor, I'm as good as Brady. And Bill Belichick said it. Things ran seamlessly when Jimmy Garoppolo went in there. Bill Belichick was texting Jimmy Garoppolo after every win. That head coach saw something in this quarterback. He gave Kyle Shanahan a gift for a second round pick. Um, We'll see a lot to play out. People will bring up this quote of Jimmy G sucks though. If Jimmy G throws a bunch of interceptions, the 49ers are two and five. This quote will get brought back out. Again, not a big deal. I was calling attention because it's a peek into the mindset of Jimmy Garoppolo that I don't think I've seen. We've saw it on the NFL films, Tennessee Titans, when they mic'd him up, just how fiery he is and he communicates well. I never expected him to say he thought he was as good as the best football player of all time. But hey, you have to be that way as a quarterback. I completely understand. Um, Interesting developments from Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought Matt Barrows wrote something really interesting on The Athletic today. We've talked about Jimmy G and the deep ball and, you know, doesn't look sharp all the time in practice. This was a thing in New England, too. He actually threw 14 interceptions the last two training camps out of 509 passes. He had down days in New England where he did not look like he belonged on the field and looked really good when he played for New England and did have days where he was competitive with Tom Brady and and looked sharp too. But there were some downs in practice from Jimmy Garoppolo. There's always been the talk that Joe Montana was never the best practice player either. It's a true thing, which is weird because Kyle expects practice, the ball not to hit the ground. That's why he was obsessed with Hoyer. Practice last year looked really pretty. Marquise Goodwin was the best player on the field. Brian Hoyer was throwing dimes. There was not pressure in his face. It wasn't real football. 
Jimmy Garoppolo kind of thrives with the pressure. I mean, we saw him last season on third down. He is comfortable throwing off his back foot. Not like he's Aaron Rodgers, not like he's Russell Wilson, but more of a Tony Romo shimmy of the shoulders. He kind of likes pressure. He's been very good under pressure. So I think that's one element of why he's not as good in practice. But let's just preface everything. If he does struggle, I think that's to be expected here. His first training camp grind as the number one guy is not going to be seamless. I don't think people are expecting that. But if there's two or three days in a row where he loses to the defense, I don't think that's going to be shocking. I think that's actually going to be a thing. I'm more interested to see who does he develop chemistry with, who are guys that he's just finding and they're open and his vision is is so good his decision making like who does he see first on all these intermediate routes he's really good 15 yards and in you can design a lot of quick three-step drop passes with Jimmy Garoppolo I'm predicting Kendrick Bourne if and when they throw him in the first team those two have kind of a sink that you saw last year on film I like the way Bourne projects athletically goes out and gets the ball, catches it with his hands. It's going to be hard to find him snaps. Trent Taylor on the PUP list, I've been saying Dante Pettis is going to get some run at slot and not steal Taylor, but you're just not pulling Goodwin or Garcon off the field for base package situations. You're just going to have to get creative with Trent Taylor and Dante Pettis. I Listen, I think Trent Taylor's super underrated. I don't want to take him off the field either, but... You don't just pick a second-round pick for him to be a kick returner. You're going to have to kind of platoon them there. Like I said when Jimmy Garoppolo was first traded here, you're going to see more Patriots shotgun four wide receiver one back there with Jarek McKinnon. And just you're going to be able to clear out some space to throw to Jarek McKinnon underneath. I do think you see shotgun four wide receivers one running back. But again, the draft pick of McGlinchey, and Weston Richburg here, Kyle does want to run out of his base formations. So Dante Pettis, hopefully he makes a big impact early at the slot. If not, it's not going to be shocking if he has 10 to 15 catches this year. I think the ceiling is like 30 to 35. We'll see with injuries. Remember Garcon missed a bunch of time last year. Knock on wood, hopefully he doesn't miss time again. Who would jump into that one role? Would they put Bourne there or would they put Dante Pettis there? They could keep platooning. I Kyle likes to use different people against different players. He has a book on every DB in the league, tendencies, where to throw on the field. I mean, this stuff is just getting thicker and thicker throughout the years. Kyle, that's the funny part. People think he knows offense really well. He knows his offense really well. He knows opposing defenses better than anyone. And that's why he manipulates things with formations and is able to confuse. That's why you saw Jacksonville mad at each other pointing Oh, we got schemed up because Kyle literally made things look like a run and they then they were a pass. He doesn't go week to week here. Like it's hard he's inventing new formations all the time. Defenses haven't seen and they try and guess what it is and they guess wrong. He gives them clues and they guess opposite. So Kyle obviously is gonna be pulling the strings. I'm interested to see who has chemistry with Jimmy G. I'm predicting a strong camp for CJ Beathard. I think You'll see some momentum carry over from his snaps last year, that October-November range where he did not play terribly. He was on a Mitch Trubisky level out of Chicago. With this exact roster and C.J. Beathard, 
uh, it might be six and ten, seven and nine. If the ball bounces your way, and I I think this is good. There's no competition for CJ. He's clearly the number two. They're developing him just like a Kirk Cousins. I remember asking Kyle that on draft day. It's a developmental project with CJ. Training camp is literally his biggest time for growth in the preseason. These are his two biggest months. And if he shows growth and Jimmy G is nicked up or has a concussion, they don't want to bring him back in a game, you have faith in CJ. I think this is a huge little jumping off point for him. And he's got to develop some of these receivers. They're going to keep six of them. They're going to need targets. Richie James, people like that. It'll it'll be interesting to see who he has chemistry with too. Yeah, I mean the PUP list, Trent Taylor, his back. He didn't come with a huge injury list from Louisiana Tech. I think it's kind of a freak thing. I mentioned, was he working out too hard? I don't know. I don't want him to force it to come back on the field. But if Dante Pettis has a couple big days, there will be a little pressure on Trent Taylor. They're going to find him the targets. But right now, his role is is really solid. He could lose it a little bit if Pettis looks good with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Jonathan Cooper, there was competition there at right guard, him and Joshua Garnett. Cooper could win this thing. He could be a backup offensive lineman. Way too early to tell. When the pads come on after the first couple days of training camp, we'll kind of have a better feel for the O-line. I think they'll line up a bunch of different people to start camp. The right guard is actually going to be important because of all the double-team blocking they do with the right tackle, who's rookie Mike McGlinchey. So this position, I would if it's Cooper and Garnett and it's close and it's a toss-up, it's going to be whoever's smarter with the playbook and can help McGlinchey and support him. And you would lean Cooper just because he has more stats and experience. Let's hope that Garnett is more athletic, though, and like literally he makes a difference on the field. He was a first-round pick. It was Trent Balky, so you're not going to blame Kyle Shanahan. That's someone I could see traded middle of camp, late camp. If there's O-line injuries around the league, someone does need a guard. And they can get better value for him instead of redshirting him again. If if Garnett doesn't play this year, he loses all of his value. They could flip him for a fourth round pick. I don't think that's a horrible loss. I would definitely consider that. Because for backup O-line, and then it just seems like if he can't earn a starting spot now against Jonathan Cooper, is he ever going to start? And so flipping him to another team would make some sense. It sucks. Like... Damn it, like another missed pick by Balky in the first round. That would have been Eric Armstead. He did get Defoe, Buckner right. But there were just so many whiffs there that are going to just set you back. I mean, he traded up in the first round to go get Joshua Garnett. This guy's going to end up barely playing for the 49ers. Anyways, that's luckily a different era. I swear to God, if Balky was still a GM, I don't think I'd be doing a podcast. It would be so miserable rehashing all the mistakes every week. You'd be like, God damn, this is like... we're." Married to the wrong person here. We, I don't want to be miserable talking about this football team. Luckily, Kyle and John Lynch are really turning around. <laughs> Mysteriously, my boy RR Niner disappeared. Very similar time frame to the Sam Hinky thing. That account, which vehemently defended Trent Balky, disappears off the map. Um, I don't know if he got reported. It said user suspended the last time I checked. But... Um, yeah, there used to be this one guy who just defended every move Balky made. Even Richard Robinson after he got traded, who, by the way, just got suspended four games. The moves Kyle and John Lynch have made are looking good so far. We'll see about Solomon Thomas. They're going to have to scheme him up 
properly. That's on Robert Sala. They're not they're not going to be able to line him up at the end all the time and expect it to work. That's clear. If they do that, then there's going to be criticism hurled their way. It's pretty clear. Podcasters, the fan base, we see this. I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying being back solo and literally digging into this football team and teeing this thing up, giving you 49ers analysis. We didn't touch Malcolm Smith, NFI non-football injury. No idea what this is, but apparently it's only going to be a couple days. Nothing to freak out about. I would say there's pressure on him. If he doesn't look good in the past game, he's getting beat a lot, which could very well happen with Kyle Juszczyk and Jarek McKinnon. And Matt Breida is pretty good out of the backfield too. Um, He could be a backup this year. I would say he has to perform in training camp. And that was one of the questions I think the 49ers will be able to answer. Who is going to end up being that second guy next to Ruben Foster? It will be clear if Fred Warner takes a leap. I think Fred Warner is going to be their best draft pick out of the 18 class. When we look back on this in a couple of years, he's going to be solid, reliable, playmaker, pairs really well with Ruben Foster. Is he ready year one, though? Do they want to put that much on his plate? Could be a platoon situation where they use him in passing downs and Michael Smith in running downs. We'll see. I think that is actually a, a big deal on this team because linebackers do matter in this scheme a lot. Of course, the Seattle scheme with Wagner, KJ Wright, those are the pieces they still kind of have. They got rid of Richard Sherman. Cam Chancellor's gone. Earl Thomas is. Pre- I would be shocked if he's not traded. I think Seattle's just going to get rid of him at some point this season, get some type of return back because he's. There's no way he's coming back in free agency. If they haven't gotten a deal done now, I just it's not going to happen during the season. Um, yeah, I would say Malcolm Smith has a lot to prove, and I could see him struggling in the past game. I don't know. We barely got to see him. He was pretty decent last year. They were legit pissed when that happened. There is Brock Coyle, Corey Toomer, too. That's actually a crowded position. I predicted 6-10 and 10 last year with Hoyer. I was hyping him up at this time last year. I thought they'd be serviceable. They literally got no bounces the first part of the season. The defense couldn't get timely stops. Hoyer was not good either. But I'm still sticking close to 9-7, and 10-6. and six. Let's see how training camp shakes out. Let's see how the preseason shakes out before I pick 9-7. and seven. It's 9-7. and seven, They're probably going to just miss the playoffs. It's 10-6 and six with how loaded the NFC is. That's what it's going to take to be a wild card in the NFC. You're going to bank on the Rams going 11-5. and five. All the moves they made, they're all in. The, the pressure is on them to win the division. I think they end up doing it at 11-5. and five, But it will, I think it will come down to that last game. The Niners will be... One of the better teams in the NFC. Can you, like this feeling, we're walking into training camp. The Niners are one of the more competent teams in the NFC with a franchise quarterback locked up with a pretty good young core that they're building in the draft and some decent splashes in free agency. Like they're actually an NFL franchise. Jed York did it. He brought in two people and this franchise feels like it's legitimate and it's real and that success can be sustained. This is a nice little time to be a 49er fan. Who knows how long it'll last. The NFL is a week-to-week league. Jimmy Garoppolo has a lot of pressure on them. This team has a lot of pressure on them. I think they meet the expectations this year. KJ Podcast, we're back. I mean, this feels like us talking and podcasting, Niners football, projecting what's happening next, 
looking at the storylines that the reporters present to us. They're doing an amazing job presenting the information down there. What does it mean? Richard Sherman's cocky energy is going to change training camp. That is a big deal. That will be felt by reporters, fans, the entire team. There will be a competitive energy. Richard Sherman's quote today, I expect to dominate. I think that type of mindset, Tart is going to adopt it. Colbert is going to adopt it. Defoe already has it. It's contagious. It's contagious energy. It's cocky energy. It's $2 million that I'm going to show up to training camp and be ready. I love it. I love the move the Niners made to bring him in. Kyle has addressed expectations. That's our big picture takeaway. Day one, he's not even pretending here. The slurping of the Niners in the offseason was real. It was by pretty much every outlet. I've been doing it before them because I've been a Kyle believer. I've worked with them closely. When they first made the trade for Jimmy G, I was obsessed with it. When I thought they should have started him even sooner, they played it perfectly. They went 5-0. and They've handled everything correctly. Kyle Shanahan tackles problems head on. He doesn't skirt issues. He communicates with the fans and the team what's going on. And I think it's created a realistic set of expectations that this team is is good. This is a good football team. This is not a bad football team. They have some holes on defense. They have some question marks. They're, they need another really strong draft class, if not two, before we're talking NFC Championship game. But, I mean, it's the NFC. Random teams rise every year in the NFC. No one had the Eagles last year. It could be the Vikings this year. They're due. Cowboys are due. Aaron Rodgers hasn't been to the Super Bowl in like seven or eight years. The torch has been passed. The Seahawks had it for quite a while there. And now it's up for grabs. I mean, Carolina, I don't think so. But 49ers are in the mix. Everyone should be happy. Jimmy Garoppolo might be, again, for blowing that out of proportion. I just thought, what a peek into his mind. Oh, boy. Like, this dude thinks he's as good as Tom Brady. Like, he's not kidding around. Can he deliver on that level? It's going to take a while, I think. But the way he looks in the pocket, the way he gets rid of the football, it does look eerily similar to your boy TB12 up in Boston. Monitor Jimmy G closely in training camp, but don't freak out if there's struggles. They're expected. This guy likes throwing off his back foot and pressure. I think that's a big takeaway. KJ Podcast, back in the saddle. Storylines galore. First couple of days of training camp will be more pitch and catch, getting back out there, basic install, no pads. Um, let's pray everyone gets through it healthy. 49ers are relatively healthy entering the season. This is a vicious sport. I remember getting on talking about the helmet rule change. I am for the helmet rule change. I do not want people suffering in their 40s and 50s. It's really sad when guys leave the game. And they, they just they put their body too hard on the line. We can still enjoy the sport and make it safer. I think that rule change will not be invasive. There will be a couple questionable things. But in the end, it's making football safer. I want this sport to last. I want to talk about this on a podcast for the next 20 years with you guys and grow this audience and share this podcast and subscribe on iTunes. I have huge announcements coming up if you're still listening to the end of this podcast. There's some big things shaking behind the scenes, so stay tuned, stay listening. Uh, We are going to be delivering two a week KJ 49ers NFL podcast 
to you. Talk to you again. Think of Sunday night. Let's evaluate how the first couple of days went, maybe Monday, but um, it's back. We are analyzing 49ers news and nuggets on the KJ podcast all the time. Talk to you soon. Peace. the high fashion hotline hi my family has big plans for labor day weekend but our outfits aren't measuring up then get to old navy old navy yep old navy's huge labor day sale is on now get 50 percent off all jeans 50 percent off all dresses 50 percent off all tees and 50 percent off all sweatshirts and hoodies for the whole family 50 percent off all those styles that's a big deal so is this style started just six bucks at old navy and old navy.com change of plans we're spending the weekend at old navy high fashion old navy valid 830 to 93 excludes in store clearance active licensed and men's package tees whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.